Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, we had two different four-packs to Boulevard Town West Theaters for a sneak peek of the new Shazam movie. We had Tom, uh, or sorry, we had Mike in Clearwater win in the first hour, and Tom in Wichita win in the second hour, and then Tom back on the line because he wants to talk a little quarterback here with the NFL. Tom, how are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, And um, I apologize if you already talked about this because once in a while I do have to get out of my car. What are the Chiefs going to do at quarterback since their backup guy is retiring? Well, we'll forgive you for getting out of your car, Tom. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, Tom, I think I think it'll be Shane Bouchel. Uh, I think they really like him. I think they tried hard to keep him on the roster probably for this very reason. So I, I think that that's the direction they'll go there. I got a name, though. Okay. I got a name about a potential guy that uh, I don't know if the Chiefs are going to want to spend the money on, but I think it'd be kind of cool for him to be a backup how about Marcus Mariota? He was released by the Falcons. He's not really going to, I think, get a whole lot of play, anything more than a backup anywhere. And I think that the style that he runs, I don't. that could be a pretty fun fit. I don't know if the Chiefs are going to want to commit to that, but that might be something to keep your eyes on. Yeah, I, I we'll see. That, that would be a money thing. And do they really want to carry three quarterbacks again? I think the reason they did it last time was to hang on to um, – Bouchelle. So I, I don't know with Mahomes if you need to carry three quarterbacks, I think you probably don't. Um, they could also draft another project guy. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think I think it's Bouchelle, though. All right, Tom, thank you for the call. Thanks uh, for participating in our giveaway and congratulations on winning that giveaway. Um, all right, Tommy, let's talk a little college hoops again. Um, do we think that the floor is a responsible thing to do in the postseason? Because we're going to do it anyway. Um, I always think it's tricky with college hoops, putting a floor on a team. Like, what do they have to do to feel like they've achieved something? Because it, it is a really difficult thing to do in games in the NCAA tournament. Um, but you know what? That, that's just the part of it. And let's do it anyway. So we're, we're sort of discussing here what appropriate floors would be for all three of the teams that we pay attention to. So you've got Kansas projected as a one. Kansas, and this is according to Jerry Palm as of today, CBSSports.com. 
you've got Kansas projected as a one, Kansas State projected as a two. Wichita State certainly not projected in the tournament at all. Um, so let's start with the Shockers and an appropriate floor, Tommy. I think an appropriate floor for the Shockers is two wins in their conference tournament and then hopefully a bid into the NIT and a couple of wins in an NIT tournament. So, um, you know, without knowing if they're going to be able to get into a postseason, it makes it a little trickier. But if they can get into a post-postseason tournament, I would say four more wins this year, assuming they get in one of the invitationals. Now you're calling that the floor. You're calling that kind of where the baseline the expectations. Yeah, uh, that which might means be a they little be too lane. Which yeah, means that's a little aggressive. Lane. That's a little aggressive. I think for the floor, I think that that should absolutely be in the conversation as maybe not the ceiling, but somewhere in the middle. Uh, but I'm not sure that's a reasonable floor. I think that in my mind, the reasonable floor is winning two games in the conference tournament and. I guess at that point, crossing your fingers for a postseason bid and trying to get a win in a postseason tournament. In my mind, that would be the floor. I think that they will, they'll beat Tulsa. At least they should beat Tulsa. They can beat Tulane. They have this season. Uh, and then from there, I, I don't think that if, if the Shockers win, and I'm no bracketologist, I don't really know the way that things are lining out, at least for the NIT, but I don't really know if the Shockers win two in the conference tournament and then fall to a team like Memphis in the semifinals, if that's enough to get them into the NIT. I don't know if it is or not. It might be. I think I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's a reasonable floor at that point. I think the NIT knows that Wichita State is a one. They have a a good home crowd for that kind of stuff. And two, they have a great traveling fan base. I think that that stuff has to matter for these invitationals. Uh, So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it's a tricky one without knowing the post. But assuming we're we're going to assume for the sake of this conversation that they reach a postseason tournament, whether it's the NIT or the C- CBI or the CIT, whatever it is, like any of them, any of them, four wins. Now maybe that means they win one in the American, lose to Tulane, and then make a run in one of those other tournaments. But I'm going to put it at four. I think this team's got four wins left in it, and and if they don't, I'll be a little disappointed. Um, K State, K State's an interesting one. Think back to the beginning of this year and the fact that we're having this conversation now. It still just blows my mind. Um, I I honestly, Tommy, I'm kind of – a floor needs to be the second weekend. Like, this team needs to reach the second weekend. I don't disagree with that at all. I think that this team is absolutely talented enough uh, and I think can play with anybody in the country to where an early round exit in the first or second round – I think at this point, with what we know about this team, what we know about the caliber of talent they have, and the kind of coach Jerome Tang is, I think an early round exit would be a disappointment. So yeah, I think I would agree with you. A reasonable floor is probably the Sweet 16, I would say. And and here's what we'll do to support that too, is look at the most recent net rankings, which I think were yesterday, through the games yesterday. Um so the teams that are in the Sweet 16 that are because Kansas State is 17 in the net, but you've got and this is Florida Atlantic's in there. Uh, so for whatever that's worth, but you know you're you're really looking at teams like Kentucky, Arkansas, Creighton, Marquette, Baylor, Arizona. You know Texas is sort of in that range. Iowa State's in the range. Like so, to get to the Sweet Sixteen, like that's your that's your competition. Yes, I think Kansas State needs to be in that conversation. So two wins 
again, so much of it is so dependent on who you play and the styles and everything. That's what makes this hard. But I, yeah, sweet 16 needs to be the floor for Kansas state. And obviously for them, and we talked about this last week, the ceiling is a national championship, right? So it's not, you know, a floor of a sweet 16, a ceiling of a national championship. And that's typically Tommy, where I put Kansas when this happens every year. And we talk about this very topic. It's usually get to the Sweet 16, and it'll be good, and obviously try to win a national championship. But I'm going to raise that floor up a little bit for the defending champions, and I'm going to make it up to the Elite Eight. I'm going to take Kansas to the Elite Eight because I do think this year Kansas is in a conversation and and uh, you know a level ahead of the rest of the Big 12, quite frankly. But it does feel like there's a difference between Houston, Alabama, UCLA, maybe Purdue, Kansas. I I think that they're at just one rung ahead of their peers. And so I'm going to raise their floor up to the Elite Eight. I do think there is some separation this year among those teams. I don't know what that means for my bracket. But I think that Kansas belongs in a conversation with that very top tier. I think that second tier is as big as it's ever been. But the top should include Kansas. Therefore, I'll raise their floor to the Elite Eight. I think part of the reason why that's appropriate, and I don't have any sort of qualms about that being the floor for the Jayhawks, is just look at their number of quad one wins this season. I mean, it's what, 14 or 15 quad one wins that they've had. So throughout the entire season, they have, and of course, it's a product of playing in the Big 12, but even outside of that, they have played top-tier opponents throughout the entire season and have shown that they can win against those top-tier opponents. That's what you have to have in the NCAA tournament, regardless of your draw. I mean, we can talk about once Selection Sunday comes and goes, what you know the draws look like for Kansas and Kansas State and the regions and the matchups and all of that, and that's all relevant, but just knowing the number of high-quality opponents that the Jayhawks have beaten this season and the number of quad one wins they have, you've got to be able to do that night in and night out. Uh, And in a lot of cases, you know, back-to-back with a one-day rest kind of thing, it's a gauntlet in the NCAA tournament. And so uh, I think that knowing that and knowing that they have been able to beat a lot of top-tier opponents, I think that that's appropriate to go ahead and raise that floor from the Sweet 16 to the Elite Eight. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's tough. It's really, really difficult to win games in the postseason and to get into the Elite Eight. You got to win, what, four of them from 64 to 32 is one, 32 to 16 is two, uh, 16 to eight is three. So I guess you got to win three. And and that's, you know, that's that's not easy to do. And obviously the ceiling is the national championship. I'm still not convinced, and I can't wait to see it when games have all been played. And I don't know that Kansas is going to jump Houston now because Kansas had been the second odds-on favorite to win it. But I, I thought a lot – how long have I said that now? Three weeks that I predicted Kansas would be the odds-on favorite when we started the NCAA tournament. They'll have to win the Big 12 tournament for that to happen, and Houston probably not win the AAC tournament for them to overtake them. Uh, but that that's the ceiling. And it's, it's, a, it's kind of – it's not unfair – at all. And and don't mistake what I'm saying. It's just there was so much unknown about this team too. And so for it, it's kind of impressive that Kansas has put itself back in this position. 
when you lost two NBA guys and you lost McCormick, who was the most important player for them last year in the tournament. When you lose those three guys and replace them with um, a defensive specialist transfer, a super one superstar freshman, knowing the other one that you had hadn't done anything, and you've got a guy nobody expected to be the number five guy for you all year in KJ Adams, yet here you are. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive too. As we look back yeah. now at this season, and it's not just the personnel; it's the style of play too. And and Bill Self has shown for years and years what his preferred style of basketball is. He likes to play that inside out game, the, the four out one in kind of thing and having a, a big guy in the post, whether it's a David McCormick or you go back further with Yudoka Azabuke or whoever, I mean, from years ago, that's been the preferred style. They don't have that this season. They, they get it occasionally with Ernest Uday, but he's still so young and raw that it's, you know, obviously not rounded into form at this point, but it's a different kind of game. And, and Bill Self has, I think, done a, a remarkable job. And, you know, the Big 12 awards came out yesterday, which I know we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, I, I don't have any sort of qualms about Jerome Tang winning Big 12 Coach of the Year. That's fine with me. I get it. I understand why. But if it's not Jerome Tang, it's got to be Bill Self with the, the ways that Bill Self has built this team and adjusted the style of play where he's utilizing KJ Adams with the, with the short roll to the basket. And that's worked. Uh, he's utilizing this team and the outside shooting and the, the transition play and all of that. It, it's a different kind of basketball than what we're used to seeing the Jayhawks play. And here they are, you know, potentially competing for a back-to-back national championship. So um, again, I, I totally understand why Jerome Tang was voted as coach of the year. I get that. Uh, but I don't know that, you know, if it, if it wasn't Jerome Tang, I'm not sure of another coach in the Big 12 that would be more deserving of that than Bill Self. It's those two, but it's Tang. I mean, it's Tang. Uh, I'm okay it with that. It doesn't take anything away from Bill Self. Tang, Tang, it's Tang for a lot of reasons. Um, it's Tang for beating the expectations. It's Tang for, you know, putting this team in this position when they were picked last and all those things. But to me, it's more Tang that if you look big picture at the impact he's had on that university, I mean, it is unbelievable and tremendous. And I do think that matters. Uh, Bill Self has done as good a coaching job this year, I think, as he's ever done. The problem is, you know, his floor, per this conversation, is way too high anyway. But yeah, like, the the to the, the stylistic changes that... But, but there are stylistic changes, Tommy. But you know what's always there? Is when KU's at its best this year, it's when they're playing their best defense. And KU has a great point guard like they so often do, right? It happens to be the same one, by the way, that won a natty last year. They have a Naismith candidate, which they almost always do. Um, you know, the freshmen have been hit or miss, but they happen to have another superstar freshman this year. But those core components of a great defense and a great point guard and a Naismith candidate that they've leaned on all year, they've had that for a lot of years. They got it again this year. Now, the rest of it looks a little different, but I go back to the beginning of the year when it was like, oh, no, Kansas, they're, they don't have enough size. And I'm just like, guys, that like enough size isn't really a thing that exists very often in college basketball anymore. Like there aren't a lot of traditional centers anymore. Yeah. Tennessee and Purdue have it. Uh, but you know, I'd take Kansas over either of those teams right now. And, and so it, it never worried me that much as long as they could defend that position. Well, and I think that they can because their offense can come from their offense. Tommy can is as versatile as it's ever been. I mean, they, they, can, they can come at you a lot of different ways. Yeah, they can. And, of course, you know, what we've seen over the last couple of weeks is a team where 
they have actually struggled shooting the ball from the perimeter. Uh, Jalen Wilson at one point, I think it missed 18 threes in a row dating back to the middle of February. Grady Dick wasn't shooting it great over the last week or so. Um, I think he only had four points in the the senior night win against Texas Tech uh, last week. And then, of course, you know, on the road at Texas this weekend wasn't great for basically any Jayhawk. Uh, but regardless, when they're clicking, you're correct. They're forcing turnovers and they're able to get out in transition. They're able to play fast. Uh, and I think that that's going to be a big difference. Like we've talked about for a long time about the the lack of the traditional size at the five position that Kansas, they don't have this season. But what they can do is they can stretch the floor and they can get out and run. And I think that if you can take that away from other teams and they might have size, if you're playing a Tennessee or a Purdue uh, in a Sweet 16 or Elite 8 or Final Four matchup, then yeah, it's going to be difficult uh, because you're going to be giving up some size. But if you can get out and stretch the floor, that's obviously going to be the best way that the Jayhawks can get a win. Let's take this one step further before we take a break. Let's look at the entire field and floors and ceilings. I would say that I think Kansas has the highest ceiling of any team in the country. Like if they're playing their best game, I think Kansas's best is better than everybody else's best. Now, I don't think they have the highest floor, but I do think they have the highest ceiling. I think Houston probably has the highest floor with the way that they defend and the experience they have at the guard position. I would probably put Houston's floor ahead of Kansas's, but not their ceiling. I, I think Kansas has the highest ceiling in the country. I'll give you a hot take right now. It would not shock me one bit if Houston is the first number one seed to go. It wouldn't oh, really? shock me. It wouldn't shock me if Houston gets bounced in, I don't know, the second round. Um, I mean, look at what look at the game just yesterday. I mean, and of course they were playing Memphis, but it took a last second buzzer beater for them to beat Memphis. Houston's been playing with fire for a while. Now they're a they're a talented team, don't get me wrong. They defend just as good as basically anybody in the country, if not better. But they've been they've been dabbling with fire for a little while now. You, uh, it, you it wouldn't like it wouldn't Houston? surprise me. Do you like Alabama and Purdue if they're the other two twos more than you? I mean, ones more than you like Houston. Well, it's going to come down to the draw, obviously. But it I mean, wouldn't, I don't well, like, Alabama to me seems like they've they're uh, just a waiting to be a disappointment. I mean, Oklahoma crushed them, and they've had this off the court stuff. I don't know Purdue. I fall in love with bigs all the time, and you know Kansas, notwithstanding, a year ago, sometimes the bigs can can kill you in the tournament because they get in foul trouble. I, I I think that I would, I don't know. I think Houston's pretty safe. That defense and those guards this time of year, I, I think Houston. I mean, yeah, a draw could could it really end up hurting them pretty bad, right? You know, but, they're playing in a in a weaker conference right now. You know, of course, sure. that's going to change next season. Uh, so the the quality of competition. You know, overall for, for Houston, not as good as if you're facing the gauntlet of the Big 12 or the SEC or the Big 10. Um, yeah, I, I wonder how much that's going to play into it for Houston going into the tournament. I'm just saying, yeah, again, like it, they could make it to the Elite Eight or, or further. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, though, if they stumble early on in the tournament. We'll see. I cannot wait. we got to get through these conference tournaments. Thankfully for us on the men's side, and the women begin today, by the way, Wichita State, uh, they, they begin their tournament. But on the men's side, I'm pretty excited about both of those tournaments. Remember what I was just saying about the Titans? You can crumple that up and throw it out the window. Another report coming for you uh, in our last full segment here. This is another NFL kind of bombshell. 
Uh, we'll talk about it next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.